Well, welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast, man. I am doing this podcast so early in the morning, uh, just before 6 a.m. Boy, 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 boy. It is so good to get good sleep. Oh, let's dive into uh, this a marketing problem at Sony Ericsson. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about, you know, we, 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 well, obviously I don't have a class with me, you know, in that case, I definitely would have discussed, you know, the marketing problem that Sony Ericsson has, but at the end of the day, it's all good, you know, because normally I rock the house with this, uh, you know, regardless. So nonetheless, oh man, this is going to be very, very good because I just love the fact that these types of things we could go over and then you're going to hear that problem solving media and then we're going to take notes and see exactly how they go about solving this problem. So all of you already know about Sony Ericsson. Guys, this was a, a, a prolific phone, probably before 2007, before Apple's debut. Uh, Blackberry Storm is another one that was very, very good. 2010, there was uh, the Blackberry pin number. I remember the BBN, I believe that was what it was called. Uh, and it was amazing. Um, it was so easy to meet people around the world. I think I, I remember having a Singaporean friend at the time uh, who encouraged me to travel abroad even more. And it's funny, I ended up going to Singapore three, four, five times, having not met her, obviously, because that was a very, very long time ago when I was a goddamn baby. But nonetheless, back during those times, you had the Samsung Hero, you had, the, you had Sony Ericsson, there were so many different types of devices, phones. I remember having the Moto Q um, before I went into the BlackBerry Storm. And then that touchpad on the BlackBerry Storm was absolutely appalling. It ended up breaking probably within six months. Uh, and then after that, uh, but, but like everything had ran dry, like in terms of the, the availability, availability and options, because having an iPhone at that time required you signing up with the contract. And for whatever reason, if you didn't have just the, if you didn't have a specific credit number, you couldn't get it. So it was very difficult in America, probably back in 2010, 2011, to get an iPhone 1000%. You couldn't just buy it at the, you know, at the store. You couldn't jailbreak it and use it with any type of SIM card. America didn't even have SIM cards at the time. And I still don't know if they have them at the time. Uh, right now, as compared to Thailand, where you could just get a SIM card, pay for it, and you get X amount of internet data. I just don't believe America has that just yet. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But America was in the Stone Age 10 years ago. And I believe that they're probably still in the Stone Age, right? But nonetheless, Ericsson, you get this phone and you go at it. So the marketing problem, this is what we're going to talk about, the joint venture first. The Sony Corporation, <laughs> let's not say is, but was one of the world's biggest multinational conglomerates and an almost permanent member of the Fortune Global 100, a pioneer in electronic goods manufacture, it is perhaps, or it was perhaps the most famous for the Walkman. Okay, if you guys don't know about that, that was a little tape recorded back in the 90s, maybe even 80s, as well as the compact disc and Blu-ray video format. Blu-ray only existed for a short amount of time. I remember HD, uh, HD DVDs came out, that was amazing. Uh, that was probably back between uh, 2006 to 2008. And the Blu-ray began coming out, but they it was short-lived because after that, technology had developed and that was the end of Blu-rays and DVDs and everything. But nonetheless, let's keep it going. Both of which co-developed. 
The telecoms powerhouse Ericsson is among Sweden's most successful companies and also a leading innovator. Having invented Bluetooth wireless technology, thank you very much. Back in 2001, these two corporate giants shook up the mobile industry when they came together to launch a new joint venture called Sony Ericsson Mobile Communications. Now, the challenge for Sony, a marginal player in the mobile market at the time, the joint venture was chiefly an exercise in diversification for Ericsson, which was already the biggest mobile phone manufacturer in the world at the time. It was an attempt to strengthen its position following the dot-com crisis that happened in 2000. Technology, industry crash, right? In a nutshell, the Sony Ericsson strategy was to leverage both companies' innovative expertise and release the first ever mobiles with built-in digital cameras and color screens. But although the new ventures multimedia product line was revolutionary in an overcrowded market in the middle of a recession, customer response was disappointing. For a time, Ericsson's market share actually declined. And in 2002, they announced that they might even have to pull out of the mobile phone manufacturer altogether if sales didn't pick up. So conventional advertising seemed to have a little effect. The marketing team at Sony Ericsson needed to come up with the truly original campaign if they were going to boost sales and challenge Nokia for market leadership in the highly competitive mobile phone market. So it's crazy. None of you probably even know about these, but Sony, you know, Sony and Nokia, these were massive before Apple. When Apple came out, BlackBerry began to storm. And then Android. Android consisted of a, a variety of different phones, especially out there in America. Uh, but now the dominant ones are obviously Huawei uh, out here in Thailand. I don't think that, I think they've been banned from America. Uh, you know, Samsung, which I believe that, you know, when you're, when you're Apple, that's it, right? And I'm not a huge supporter of Apple. I believe that their phones, oh, let me increase, you know, what's crazy. I was just joking with one of my friends. Uh, well, now one of my students, uh, she is a business owner out here in Bangkok. And I told her, I said, you know what? Tim Cook makes $100 million a year just to say, let's improve the camera and the video just slightly. That's all. And you know what's crazy? All the other workers who work at Foxconn out there on mainland China, they get paid literally 10 cents an hour to work upwards to 22 hours a day. And this guy's sitting just to say, hey, let's come up with an idea. Let's make this camera just a little bit better. Let's add a little bit of this camera. Let's say that the CPU is the best ever, the best ever, the best ever, the most ever, the most ever, the most ever. That's all Apple's bullshit as That's all Apple is, right? Hell, the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air have gotten worse and doubled in price over the last year. So market, but the thing is brand loyalty, brand loyalty. Now, the only reason why I bought my iPhone 12, iPhone 13 is the exact same thing regardless. Oh, but the, the, the screen, nobody give it a goddamn about the screen. Okay, the iPhone 11, 12, and 13 are practically all the same. 11 and 13 might differ just a little bit, but it's not an astronomical difference, okay? It's not an astronomical difference. But nonetheless, man, Sony and Nokia, that was at the beginning of 2000, fighting for leadership. So the opportunity. Now, you're not paying attention. Nobody was. Nobody is. Who gives a damn? These days, there's so much marketing hype. It's impossible to take it all in, right? It's estimated that 
we probably see about 3,000 advertising messages every day from billboards to t-shirts, bumper stickers to animated banner ads, and the net result is that we take no notice at all. Particularly in sophisticated luxury good markets, straight advertising just doesn't work anymore. What does seem to work, though, however, is word of mouth, either face-to-face -face or online. Busy people especially don't like their lives being interrupted by stupid commercials, right? But that doesn't mean they can't be persuaded, as Sony Erickson has discovered. And to sum up that, those last three sentences, what does seem to work is word of mouth. And I am the biggest testament to that. Because what has happened in my business, it was Sophia Bach. Big shout out to Sophia. She listened to my podcast, my YouTube and she went from 91 in TOEFL to 101 in TOEFL. She took my Instagram handle and my information and posted it in a telegram group of all dentists from Central and South America. And with that group having 300 plus students, I got 10 of them. I got 10% of those. No, I'm sorry. I got 10% to follow me. And out of that 10% that follow me, you know, 30% of that 100%. So let's just say 33%. So out of that, 10 of the 30 students that follow me have become customers. And now I have two TOEFL preparation classes at the moment. And this is March 23rd. Remember, I do these podcasts in advance. You guys can get all these podcasts way in advance if you sign up for my business English. Uh, what is it? The Not business English, the early access podcast badge. But nonetheless, word of mouth is massive. And if you intrude on people like, it's so annoying on YouTube. I get the ridiculously annoying ads at the very beginning saying, oh, how to achieve a very easy score of IELTS band seven. And it's just all bullshit marketing. And I think that in true, especially a Facebook messenger, they're now advertising the messenger. And I'm consistently and always reporting these ads. I think that things come up, uh, things that come up in my reels and they invade my privacy and stuff like that. I'm reporting them for days. I'm like, get the hell out of here, especially the ones where people almost die. And I don't know if these are Middle Eastern countries or India. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, dude, report, report, report. You're invading my privacy. So we don't like that. We feel like that's an intrusion. But word of mouth is massive. Now, I'm sure on the Facebook page and the TOEFL IBT Facebook page, I'm sure there have been hundreds of people who have already blocked me because it's not that I spam. It's that I have the most prolific quality content in that entire group. So I'm consistently posting and posting and posting. And last year was a huge month in terms of advertising free content because I got probably three to five students over that year that ended up becoming very long-term customers, right? However, now that that group is completely diluted with a whole bunch of trash and people just wanting free stuff and people messaging me on my Facebook page and being very standoffish and me having to ban them it's very bleh. So I believe that word of mouth is by far the most powerful thing at the moment. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen and find out what companies, okay, actually did with this opportunity. Okay, with this specific opportunity, everything that I just told you, we are going to listen, okay, to what companies have done in terms of what they could have done with this opportunity that Sony Erickson has right advertising so let's listen to it and let's talk about it so here we go three two one sony erickson 
Whilst on a business trip to New York back in 2001, you find yourself walking down the famous Fifth Avenue when you are approached by an attractive young woman. Excuse me, she says. Would you mind taking a picture of me and my boyfriend? Sure, you reply. Thanks a lot, she smiles, and hands you what looks like an ordinary mobile phone, although you notice the screen is full colour. But this is a phone, isn't it, you ask? Yeah, she laughs, and a camera. You just press this key here. See? Simple. You take a couple of shots and remark that it's the first camera phone you've ever seen. Cool, isn't it, says the boyfriend. Latest Sony Ericsson. You're impressed and decide to check it out next time you're passing a mobile phone store. The rest, of course, is history, and today cameras come as standard on every single smartphone. But what you didn't know at the time is that those two young tourists were actually actors and were being paid to approach passers-by like yourself. They were part of a special campaign by Sony Ericsson. Called buzz marketing, the idea was to create publicity for the phone by introducing people to the product and basically getting them to want it. In fact, for this particular campaign, Sony Ericsson hired 60 actors to do this every day in 10 different cities all over the United States. Buzz, or word of mouth, has now been proven to be the most effective form of marketing in an age when there's so much conventional advertising we've largely learned to ignore it. And, while some say buzz marketing raises ethical questions, the companies who use it stress that the strategy is not to sell, but simply to inform. Ethical or not, it's a technique now employed by many of the world's most famous brands. Where product placement places products in movies, buzz marketing places products in your life. And if you think you yourself have never met a buzz marketer in the street, on the train, at the coffee bar, well, that's the whole point. That is super smart. I mean, again, like like I said, I don't know, <clears throat> based on the actors, if you know them, obviously, them being on the street and whatnot, you probably would be all over, uh, all over the place. Let me give you an example. Just recently, I was at, um, uh, what is it? And this could be very annoying, to be honest with you. Uh, but it gets people's attention, except mine. I'm not a fool. But I was at Siam's, one of the biggest shopping centers out here in Thailand. And I was hurrying up and picking up some food because they have such a, a dime, the, the best variety of food I've ever seen in my life. So next, you know, I see a lot of people with cameras. And there are some people sitting at a sushi bar. And I don't know who these three older foreigners were. And this Thai woman who looked like, oh, man, I hate to say it, but just a trophy. I don't know. She was just there for whatever that may have been but they were taking photos. And so I don't know who these guys are. I'm guessing they were some kind of chefs or something like that. You know what I mean? They weren't actors or actresses because all the younger uh, youngins would have been there and stuff like that. But you had a lot of people taking a lot of cameras, like a lot, not taking a lot of cameras, taking a lot of pictures. So you can imagine, you could imagine that if no one knows who these foreigners are, I'm pretty sure I can hire 10 photographers 
to walk around me and take photos of me. And a lot of people would say, oh, who is that? That's free advertisement. See, now this isn't my market whatsoever, but if I wanted to end up like building up my TOEFL and everything and building up my TOEFL brand in Thailand, I could easily go to Chulalongkorn, one of the top universities here in Thailand, which is opposite of Siam. I could hire a camera crew. I could wear my brand, my TOEFL. I could have a QR, on my, QR code on my back and people can scan me and it could scan right into a line group where they will be asked information about TOEFL, IELTS, TOEIC, you name it. That is the best form of advertisement ever because people are like, who the hell is this guy? All these cameras, they're taking photos. You know, I could hire another probably, you know, someone who's big in the TOEFL scape or someone who's very beautiful because here in Thailand, it's all about beauty. And I could start asking her questions. You know, it could be a TOEFL speaking question. And a lot of people at this university would just walk by, walk by my back and they could scan me. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I just came up with this idea. You know what I mean? And so um, obviously there, uh, there was another one, uh, a very bad language center. I don't know if they're still open. They should be closed by now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're closed by now. Um, and outside one of the SkyTrain stations, once you get off, you see this big giant QR code and it says, scan me. And they're in, they were in a premier area to get, uh, you know, to have a lot of clients. And they did. And I used to work for this place six years ago. I will tell you about the story, but this was one of the most backwards places. Oh, man, the students, they hated me so much. Oh, my God. And it was simply because of color. It was the craziest thing I ever endured. As a matter of fact, I quit the job within two months because I was supposed to teach TOEIC, which obviously I'm very, you know, I don't really make TOEIC videos and podcasts that much anymore, although you guys will be hearing them maybe in May or June. But I was supposed to do a lot of, uh, I was supposed to teach a TOEIC class there. I was like, listen, I'm, you know, you already know how good I am. Go check me out on YouTube. This is back in 2016. And the CEO said, oh no, the, the students won't like you because you're black. And I quit. Let's just put it that way. So that particular language center, however, was very good at marketing, but their product was absolutely horrendous. Can you imagine being able to scan and then you go in there and they're very good at selling, but then you get a product and the way they used to, te oh my goodness gracious, absolutely appalling. So I maybe just gave you guys a lot of ideas in terms of being able to advertise and, you know, having a QR code and stuff like that. And listen, if I really wanted to reach out to the Thai market, I could get someone to do some TOEFL speaking with me right there on the street or, hey, get your free IELTS speaking, uh, I, you know, get your free IELTS speaking question too. And I could set up a table right in front of a bookstore, right between Chula and one of and Tiamudong, which is the best, uh, what is it, high school, government high school in Thailand. And people would walk by and they would scan my back while everyone is taking photos and videos. And I could get a hell of a lot of customers just like that. Crazy, crazy, isn't it? And so again, would I do that? Hell no. Because I already know my market. I already know my niche market. But this is just giving you guys ideas in terms of your own business, potentially. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen to the second half of this now. All right. Track four. This one's going to be very, very. Tata Steele. Here we go. Tata Steele's managing director, Dr. Irani, quickly realized that whereas in the West, 
there is more provision for those who are made redundant in the form of social security, he had a special responsibility to his own employees. So he first spent almost a year convincing his people of the need for right-sizing the company. Then, working in partnership with the workers' union, he developed what he called the Early Separation Scheme, or ESS. Within the terms of the ESS, those under 40 years of age who took voluntary early retirement would get their full salary for the rest of their working lives, and older workers would get 20 to 50% more than their full salary. Furthermore, if they died before reaching retirement age, their families would be paid their salaries for the remaining years. Irani's generosity to his employees looked like madness, and when an Indian industrialist heard about the scheme, he sent him a note saying, you either have too much money or not enough brains. But Irani knew exactly what he was doing. For the amount the workers who voluntarily left the company got paid remained constant. Had they stayed, it would have gone up annually. And by saving on the extra payroll, tax, and pension plan contributions, Tata Steel's labor costs declined immediately. Tata ran 40 ESS schemes over the next decade. As a result, by 2004, the workforce had been reduced by 30,000. But Irani went even further. Instead of offering guaranteed jobs to the children of loyal employees, he began to offer them training at the newly set up R.D. Tata Technical Institution. If he could not offer the next generation employment, he could at least increase their employability. And for those who left the company, there was free financial advice and career counseling. Tata is now a textbook case of humane human resource management and a model corporate culture. And this, together with a $1 billion investment, has made Tata Steel the highly efficient, globally competitive firm it is today. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Who would have ever imagined that saying, hey, if you leave, you know, you'll still get your salary. If you die before this, you get this, you get this. And then, of course... Other people, naysayers, will say either you have too much money or you're this or that. But guess what? It ended up working in, in, you know, to his advantage. And I love it. It's not about proving people wrong, although it's always funny going back and just shrugging your shoulders. But, man, doesn't that feel good? And I'm going to give you guys this last story. Back in 2018, you may have heard this. Uh, I was trying. Uh, well, not trying, but I had known this lady for quite some time. But I did know her diabolical methods. Korean lady having a language center out here in, um, you know, in Bangkok. She didn't want to hire me originally. And I knew this from the one of her competitors after she ended up breaking away within six month period. And she said, oh, uh, you, you know, no, I don't want to hire him because he's black. We already know this story, right? There's a lot of black, 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 black. It's crazy. This is what has made me the giant success I am today because they said I couldn't have it. They said I couldn't be a teacher. They said I couldn't teach IELTS. They couldn't say, they didn't say this and that. It's just like, you know, Carl Bashir, the first African-American Navy diver that, you know, during his tenure, all the Anglo-Saxons on that Navy force would call him the N-word and say, no, 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 no. And they were like, well, why? And chief, uh, I forgot what his name was, but the chief who was very racist towards him said, why do you want it so bad? And he's like, because they said I couldn't have it. And that was one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest phrases ever, because 
going back to that situation with that lady and to stay on track, she kept saying and minimizing me and minimizing my accomplishments, minimizing and trying to dump load and offload so many uh, of the students who just never showed up and they were very noncommittal. And I'm just like, you're doing this because you're not giving me the premiere. You're not giving me the good classes. You're doing this out of the sake of your own ego because you feel like I am not good enough. And it's funny, I ended up getting a TOEIC project, another this, you know, I ended up working for her competitor and all these other things. And I remember back in 2018, you know, uh, she said, uh, she came back a year later because obviously she fell through on having teachers and there wasn't even a set interview or anything. Um, but I went there and, you know, I was just looking at her and within two minutes, I'm like, I would never work here for a disgusting individual like you. Now, I didn't know how racist she was until obviously after, but, you know, and during that interview, she's like, oh, are you still doing that podcast thingy? And it's so funny looking back at that now, I'm like, yeah, that podcast has half a million downloads and it's a fully sustainable online business now you know and it wasn't for me to go back to her and say look 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 I felt like that ego you know her competitor I ended up working with and she ended up chastising me probably in 2000 not her but the competitor that I worked for that ended up like quitting her in early 2018 to start up her own business in her own testing center and this same lady ended up saying because I didn't get a perfect reading score on the TOEFL ITP and a perfect score on the TOEFL ITP apparently equated with me not being able to teach TOEFL ITP and she ended up like ridiculing me in a group uh group line message and she ended up just leaving the group and I said oh my god and I quit I quit that was the end of it and her and you know these were all cheaters from the very very beginning they cheated me out legit just lies on top of lies on top of lies if i had dignity at that time i would have left them but i knew that they were a little bit of a source of it, a big source of my income especially during the first covid shutdown and so nonetheless people she said oh well if i wanted to you know you know there are other students or other teachers in bangkok that have a higher score than you and I could just hire them instead of you. Da, da, da. And I was like, excuse me. And I quit her in two seconds. It's crazy because I realized why am I working for these uh, obviously very vehement and just nasty insidious individuals. But at the same time, I said, why don't I just create my own courses? A year later I did. And now look, you see what I mean? Like it's always for the best. And now the employing the marketed strategies that I employ to get, you know, more clients, more results, more this, more that, and the word of mouth, I'm just so dominant that I've completely dominated TOEFL ITP, both on Google search engines, SEO, on YouTube, and so many other ways. So marketing people and free marketing, putting out, of course, sneak peeks. And again, me being able to attract those individuals that will buy and now having my market too, I don't have to market to anyone on Facebook anymore because I have my market and it's dental and medical professionals, both nurses, doctors, physicians, you name it, all within this area, uh, well, within the, uh, you know, in the Western hemisphere. So if I ever get a time waster who just says, hello, how are you? I'm like, hello, how can I help you? Because I know how time wasters are, you know what I mean? And I hurry up and get straight to the point, listen, 
I don't know if you know me. I don't know if you're just messaging me to get free stuff. But if you don't follow my YouTube or podcast, you're more than likely going to disrespect my time. And after you uh, disrespect my time, you, you know, like it, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sum it up this way. It's so funny. There was a girl from Kosovo. I swear, I thought she was legit down to earth, had her on video of an amazing soul, 18 years old and everything. Got on a call with her. I said, okay, you should do this. We should get this. You should get this thing. And I think this will be good for you and all this stuff. And this is before the entire onslaught of having just like an additional 10 students had come, right? But she ended up giving me a run for my money. Not a run for my money. Meaning she ended up not being real and truthfully honest to her word. And she didn't sign up. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, from now on, no more free consultations. No more free consultations unless they're in my niche market. If they're in my niche market, I am more than happy to get free consultations. And let me give you the last example. Because I'm so good at marketing now, obviously on Instagram to the audience I have, I had a full class of three students who bought my 12-hour course just like that very quickly. And they did that because they already knew how great I was at what I did. So we're going to have that consultation and go over all the things that we need to go over uh, coming up tomorrow morning, as a matter of fact. And then after that, we're on to the next, you know, to begin everything. And it's crazy because I know what my market is. There was another girl. I was like, hey, listen, okay, we needed 26, but there's a lot of billing. She's like, okay, no problem. Hey, I'll buy the 10-hour package, 350 hours. I mean, $350 sold just like that. And so in saying that, I know the, my ability, I know my capabilities, I, I have the integrity and I've gotten the results. And so now it's all about just, you know, just double down, you know, double down. And so with that being said, people, different marketing strategies, understanding your niche, getting creative, that's going to put you in the premiere, like at the top of your, the, the 1% of the, you know, the, what is it? The work that you're in, the field that you're in. So thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful Business English Podcast, ESL Podcast. I'm your host, as always. Stay tuned for more over and out.